0: And welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. And, Julia, it was kind of funny that you and I had the epiphany yesterday. Why do we have so many Texas clients? Well, I know why. Because Texans are loyal to Texans, and we say Austin, Texas at the That's top of every right. show. And so, yes, we have a lot of Texans. So, look, I get it. But you know what? Here's the thing, guys. And to our loyal Texas listeners, hopefully this doesn't burst your bubble. Julia and I are not originally from Texas. <laughs> we're originally from Ohio. So we're but kind we've of adopted Easterners. y'all. Yeah, we've adopted y'all. That's right, and uh, but I think we're I think guys really if we're being honest we're probably considered Yankees where we live now, but look we can all love each other and get along can't we? <laughs> and we've also That's lived fun. in other states too, so we've we've lived all over the country. But yes, Texas is our home, and we certainly, you know, love being here. And and if all of you guys if, if you've never been to Austin, Texas before, listeners from all over the country, it is a hoot. You should definitely check it out. So look, guys, we're going to be talking about something on the radio show today, which is another one of those things that you're going to listen to and you're going to, you're going to say, well, I never thought about that. It's going to be a radio show full of what we call epiphanies or aha moments. It's really important you write down notes. What we're going to tell you is we're going to tell you the exact recipe for having an unbelievably powerful, ready for it, open house. Oh, Tim, I am a veteran. Why are you telling me about open houses? I've been in the market forever. Open houses don't work. Your open houses don't work. What we're going to show you how to do is make open houses work. And We love things that don't cost you guys any money. That's what we specialize in, our lead generating sources that don't cost you any money. Those are the best ones because then you can have a lot of profit, right? So an open house, when done correctly, and we're going to walk you through it today, is going to be an absolute cash cow profit center. Now, if you have a team, when Julie and I sold real estate, at one point, we had a whole bunch of people working for us. That picture of us and like 22 people who were on our team is somewhere on our website. Now, this was back in the 90s before teams were trendy. So those of you who are new in real estate know that teams have been around forever. Back then, they actually made sense, and you could actually make a profit from them. Now you can't really. So. But anyway, that's a different conversation. But we used to have open houses every weekend. We used to have open houses where we'd have literally what's called the Harris Parade of Homes. And so we're going to tell you how to do all of that today. So if you're a brand new agent, you'll love this as well because open houses are a great place for you to start, frankly, sharpening your saw. And if you're a big seasoned agent selling lots and lots of houses, open houses are also an incredibly efficient way of putting you in front of the best buyers and also in putting you in front of neighbors who are just checking out, maybe going to your open house to comp their own house because they're thinking about putting it for sale. So before we get to our first note, Miss Julie has, I believe, some shout outs. Yes,
1: and this is to longtime uh, podcast listener but also great premier coaching client, Wayne Johnson. He wrote, and this is also on our private Facebook page, so those of you who are members of that, you can see this as well there. He says, my second listing went under contract today in two weeks. The amazing thing is I actually raised the price, $60,000. Now, we don't usually recommend, you know, raising the price. Usually that's not the, the key that gets it done. However, he goes on to say why that was. It was an out-of-state, unrepresented seller, otherwise known as a FSBO, who was trying for a little over a month and didn't know the market. I located him using Red X, and five other agents had contacted him, but it all goes back to Julie when I first joined the coaching program. My question was, I was always following the other agent and being in between, but Julie told me that I want to be last when I interview. I said, what? Now I know why, because yesterday I was telling her how great it felt knocking doors in the upper end market, and this is from our call yesterday, and I also said, make sure you know your competition. He says, yes. Now I I realize I used to be a one-spoke agent. My only spoke was buyer's. And he goes on to talk about the frustration of that. He's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, and have no inventory, but also have 9,000 agents looking for inventory. Well, basically he says, then here comes Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. Remember the old saying, if you want to be a star, hit your wagon to a star? Thanks for giving me the opportunity to join at the Small Investment, and because you invested in me, I will never forget you both. Thank God for you and your family with his love and peace uh, peace always over your lives from Wayne. So thank you, and God bless you as well, Wayne Johnson in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wayne's a great example of somebody who is not just coachable but implements, and he absolutely is upgrading his skills. He's no longer a one-spoke wonder. He's taking action and just listed and sold – at a $60,000 increase, I mean, I, I imagine that seller is probably loving him right now, right? Sixty grand higher than what the for sale by owner had it, and Wayne got it in contract. So nice job. Back to you,
0: Tim. Jules, I think you told me uh, about this one yesterday, didn't you? This uh, This I is did. a Facebook comment on our private Facebook yes. group. Guys, remember, listen, new members, a lot of you guys are joining. Make sure as soon as you enroll, you get access. you, you know, you're you got to go to our private Facebook group. We send you a link to it. You have to request membership. We make sure you're actually a member, you know, security and all that stuff. Then we let you pass the red velvet ropes, and you can talk to a lot of other folks that are in that Facebook group. Julie, myself, the coaches, we all interact with uh, all of you guys on the Facebook group. So make sure new members that you get all over that of folks say that that's probably one of their favorite things about the coaching program is the community that you uh, get to belong to immediately. But Julie, wasn't he like, you said he was prominently a buyer's agent. If I'm remembering correctly, you told me about him that he was like, this is one of his first listings or am I remembering incorrectly? He's early correctly? in his career.
1: I'm not sure if this is actually his uh, second listing ever. I think it is. I believe it is. He, he was primarily a buyer's agent and You know, in our premier coaching, we always talk about the frustrations of that and moving them up the food chain to being listing agents, so they're less dependent on, you know, scraping up listings when there's lower inventory, and so this caused him to go prospecting for unrepresented sellers. I know he's also door-knocking expired, so... Yeah, I mean he's he's proof. Do you have to be absolutely perfect at the scripts? Do you have to be like super agent, grizzled veteran, 20 years in the market to be a listing agent? Absolutely not. I know that there are people that are out there telling you, sometimes office managers, even brokers, that are saying you have to do your time, you have to, you know, wait and live off of other agents' crumbs and only work buyers until you've done X number of deals or been in business that long. Well, I mean our premier clients are proof. That that is not the case, and not just to list property, but our guys are closing them too. And I think the proof's in the pudding on that. I'm so proud of them. Well, you know, I mean, you you and, me I morning, you and I were talking
0: about this You and I were talking about that this morning on our walk. So as you guys, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we told you guys before we go on walks every morning, and we kind of like Julie and I go on walks. And what we intentionally do on our walks is we try to put our mindset in a really great place because you know you, that's the mindset's important. But in the way we, the, what we do is we play the uh, the appreciation game, when we say all the things that we you know we appreciate about our lives and our business and all that, and, and you know what guys instantaneously, when you do that it 's going to put you in a a mental emotional state, and all of a sudden you 're going to feel calm and focused and all that, so one of the things we 're talking about. This morning as we were talking about the fact that when you're a new agent, all the absolute bullshit that you guys are being told, and we see it in your emails and your voicemails and your you – know, on the Facebook comments, all the crap you guys are being told. Look, I, we need to do a radio show about this, but here – Julie just hit the nail on the head. Please remember this. I, I know some of you – Loyal, I'm thinking of you right now to be honest with you. You know, the, the, A new great client um, I talked to yesterday named Loyal. Do not believe that you cannot be a listing agent right away. We were – in our early twenties, when we looked like we were maybe teenagers, Julie and I sold 103 houses our first year. Guys, did you hear what I just said? Before the internet, before, yeah, before uh, the internet, you know, all the tools, before the before websites, you know, before all this stuff, the technology and the tools you guys have. We sold 103 houses our first year in the business, one house after another. We did not list a subdivision. Our mothers were not, you know, nobody gave us anything. This was going out there and doing the real work. And here's what we learned that first year in business. This is, before, this is when we are making our uh, system that you guys are now benefiting from. Is we learned, you know, conversation after conversation, uh, follow-up after follow-up, listing after listing, commission check after commission check, what we learned, and this is, you know, It's something that you guys will learn if not learned already that this business is not difficult. It's not because most people, most agents do not have a consistent approach. They use their personalities. They do not have sales skills. They do not do the actual real work of, 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 you know, going after the business. They wait for the business to come to them. They do not have listing presentations. They do not have pre-listing packs. They do not have anything that's even remotely resembling a business, you know. That's how most agents, most brokerages exist. Brokerages to a lot lesser extent than agents. That's what happens in this industry. Agents get in. Okay, I'm a brand new agent. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, you go buy buyer leads. Wrong. Well, you go, You need a website. Wrong. Well, you've you got to go and do social networking. Wrong. Well, you've got to work on your branding. Wrong. You've got to make a logo. Wrong. I mean, all this crap you guys are being told, it is wasting your time. And here's why it pisses me off, because I know it's a lie. The people who are selling it to you know, well, may, they might not know it's a lie, but they have to suspect it's a lie. And because we have had so many people who have joined our coaching program, listened to exactly what we've said, done exactly what we've asked them to do, and implemented things quickly, and it doesn't take five, ten years. It doesn't even take five or ten months. If you do what we ask you guys to do, you will be in action making money helping people like within a month or two. And today's radio show is a perfect example. We're going to give you an exact roadmap of how to do something that's absolutely free, a freaking open house. That was not a swear word. I said freaking, okay, just for the record. (laughs) Right on the edge. If you don't have any listings, it's on the edge, right. If you don't have any listings, don't worry about it. Hold somebody else's house open not not like just anybody, but, you know, an agent who has a house listed for sale, <laughs> not just like, you know, kicking in a door and saying, holding your house open, but find an agent who has a house that they wouldn't mind holding open. Julie, do you give the rules on how to choose that? an yes, open house? Yes, all in this. Space? No, We're no.
1: going to do it. Okay, soup look, to nuts. I'm ready with you Soup to want.
0: nuts. All right, so, so sister, jump in. And she's not really okay. my sister. Yes, I know her from <laughs> Ohio, but I just say that. Just want to clear the air about that. All right. I know, the okay. emails
1: we get sometimes. <laughs> anyway,
0: okay, so –
1: All right, I'm going to go quickly through top five reasons that you do love open houses. Number one, yes, absolutely serious buyers do go to open houses. And here's a secret for you. Many of those serious buyers are also serious sellers. A lot of you have the perception that everybody walking in, because it's an open house, they must just be buyers. Well, especially as you go higher up in the price range, probably they're going to have to sell something before they can buy, i.e., you know, you guys need listings, in fact, one in five are going to open houses so they can actually make a decision this weekend. Be the agent that they write the contract with. Second reason you love open houses. is a great place to meet the uh, soon to list neighbors. Okay, nosy neighbors. They're trying to find out what the price is, what it looks like, remind themselves, how does their house stack up? Those are the next to list in that very neighborhood. Number three reason, build your future business through making maximum contacts in minimum time. How many of you are frustrated because you are prospecting, but it's kind of like dialing for dollars? You're leaving lots of messages. You have to make lots of phone calls to make lots of contacts. Work your open house the right way, which we're going to teach you over this series of podcasts, and you're going to meet, again, maximum people in minimum time. One of the best things about a low inventory seller's market is that open houses work even better than normal. Number four reason, the seller whose home you're holding open will love you when you do your open the right way. Why do sellers insist on open houses? And by the way, this is a battle that you will lose most times, 9 out of 10 with the seller. They do want open houses. Why? Because it's tangible. Because they watch HGTV and Bravo. They know what open houses are. They have no clue what else you're talking about most of the time when you talk about you know, SEO or you talk about your contacts or your prospecting. They don't know, and half the time they don't believe you anyway. Open houses, they can see it. You show up, they see people coming and going, they see your sign-in book, it means something to them.
0: So the seller whose house you're
1: holding open does care. Go ahead.
0: Yes. Hover there. Okay, why don't you guys, why do you guys resist doing open houses? Because in the past you have not gotten results from them. So some of you guys who have been in the business forever, if you say open houses are for this type of agent or that type of agent, here's the reality of it. Listen to what we're saying. If you knew for sure that doing an open house would get you Leads, great leads, the best leads that there are to get, you'd do open houses like all the time, wouldn't you? The reason that your open houses have failed in the past and maybe the reason you have a bad attitude about them is because you were not doing them correctly. So for those of you who are mentally and emotionally sort of shutting off you know, you listen you, every day. You love listening to us. I get all the feedback. I love it. But the reality of it is, is this is incredibly important. In a low inventory market, open houses even become that much more important because you will pull out all the best buyers and sellers when you really do a phenomenal setup for the open house. Julie, let's, let's skip the preamble. Let's just get to the meat, okay? Okay.
1: You got it. Uh, my only other point was, you know, when you're in open houses, a lot of agents are working on their confidence, right? So in open houses, it's a great way to meet people, make more contact and just write down this fact, more contact equals more contracts. That is a fact of real estate. That's just how it works. So build your confidence for some of you. That's an issue that you're working on. So open houses are a friendly, non-confrontational way to do that. Okay, uh, open house math. This is where you guys want to get out your calculators, sharpen your pencils. Here's how it goes. Hold open houses, or I could probably call this open house rules. We'll start with that. Uh, Hold open houses every weekend as a rule until you have a minimum of three AAA buyers at all times. Once you put one in contract, replace with another AAA buyer so you're never without three. Now, I know some of you guys are dripping in buyers. You also want to be looking for listings, obviously. And we coach even our grizzled veterans to always be working with at least two, maybe three buyers Why? Because it keeps you frosty, as you would say, Tim. It keeps them knowing about pricing. You see a lot of properties, and it is your insurance policy. If something tanks in your pendings, you still have buyers ready to rumble. I think it's really mainly good for your cash flow. Okay, Uh, when you work with at least three AAA buyers at all times, two should close per month minimum. Two deals per month times your average commission, get out your calculators, equals blank. Let's say your average deal uh, nets you about five grand. So $10,000 a month just from open houses, I mean, that's 120 dollars a year. Let's say that your numbers are just half of that. Open house math makes a lot of sense, even if you only do them every other weekend and you're getting those, okay? So if you're doing better than that in your business, add open houses as a viable spoke with that 60000 grand, uh, to 120 grand per year to your existing business. Maybe you plug in your buyer agents here. All right, so prospecting rules. Here's where we get down to it, right? If you're not doing this, it probably explains why you, until today, haven't liked open houses. And Tim, feel free to
0: uh, interrupt me, have a cover, etc.
1: Ah,
0: yeah. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Let's tell yeah. them specifically how to pick. Your, I'm reading your notes. Let's do them in a slightly different yeah. order, okay? Okay, sure. Okay, I'm going to tell them because look, it's Friday. They have this weekend. If you guys don't, if you guys have time open on Saturday, in some markets it's uh, Sunday. I want you to do an open house. At least consider it. So, Julie, let's just blaze through these points, okay? So ah, no here's worries. the thing, guys. In order, to make a, in order to make an open house work, you have to have a house open that people want to go into. Duh. <laughs> right? Right? And every single marketplace, in every single city, in every single community, there's going to be a – and it doesn't matter what's going on in your marketplace. When Julie and I sold in Columbus, Ohio, there were markets that you did not want to hold an open house in because no one would go to it, and then there are other markets you'd hold an open house in where there are people who would be lined up around the street. Same thing with you guys. So I want you to go to your MOS, or I want you to go to your broker's website. I want you to find an agent in your office that's got a house – I'm sorry, that is in a really killer neighborhood – what do I mean by that? I would love for you guys to hold a house open that is in a move-up price range. A first-time buyer price range is great, but they're not going to have a house to sell, right? But if you want to do the first-time buyer price range and you want to work with first-time buyers, that's fine. But I'd prefer you guys hold the house open for the, in a move-up price range type house. Do you understand what I'm saying? First-time home buyer house that you hold open, you're going to get first-time home buyers they're going to be, uh, come off from being renters. If you hold a house open that's the move up from that first-time buyer price range, then you're going to get people that are also interested in moving up to that house, but they're also going to have to sell their first house. Thus, you'll get more transactions. Makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, so hold a house open worth that's more. in a killer that's in a killer community, that's one of those neighborhoods that, like, you know, it's so hot that if you had the listing contract, you just have to drive through your bank, or do people even do that anymore? They don't. But you walk up to your bank teller, and because the listing in the neighborhood is so hot, the bank practically gives you a commission check without even having it sold. I'm kind of making a joke, but you guys get the idea. So that's the house I want you to hold open. Now, here's the key for this. In order to get a really effective open house, the house itself cannot be in a – you know crappy location otherwise people will just drive by but at the same time it can't be too buried back in a neighborhood because people won't go to it i know that's a little bit of a dichotomy but you'll figure it out so the the ideal open house is on a street in a neighborhood where a lot of people are looking but at the same time it can't be like you know following some sort of crazy you know treasure map to get back to the house Otherwise, you're going to have to put out signs, and it's going to just be a big, you know, thousands of signs, and just you'll lose them a long way. So try to choose a house that's going to be ideally located. Next, I know a lot of you guys are in L.A., and you're in New York, you're in Miami, and you have a lot of condos. Condos are always harder to hold open because you have to go through sometimes two and three security gates. I would suggest that you not do condos if you want to get maximum traffic because people are not going to want to put up with all the Mickey Mouse, put this code in, call this phone number, call me on my cell. You guys know what I'm talking about. so the suggestion is is if you're in a but if you are in an area like that where that's your only product that you have to sell, just make it as seamless as possible. I would you know suggest that it, depending on the level of traffic, you actually meet people down at the security gate and let them in. Figure it out. Make it smooth. Make the process really clean, opposed to having to do all the roundabout just to get them in the house. But if you're going to hold a, a condo open, you know it, it's fine. Make sure – be, do yourself a favor, knock on the doors of the condo around where you're holding it open in, this, in the building, and let the neighbors know that you're going to be holding it open and it 's an opportunity for you to invite them to the open house it 's an opportunity for you to get to know the neighbors right now here's another little tip for you when you're putting let's say let's go back to holding a normal residential house open. The normal residential house you have to sign the living bejeebas out of it, okay Put so many first open house signs. That people will think that you literally own the neighborhood and the signs are not expensive I'm not talking about you know fancy signs just go get some corrugated signs with your logo on them your you know your broker's information your name and then all they have to say is open with an arrow right so if every open house should have depending on where it is in the neighborhood you need to have like literally a dozen signs out some of you guys just put two signs out you're wondering why you don't get any traffic and, you know, I like it when I see you guys putting balloons on them and stuff, too. That's a great idea, too. Um, you now, what we did, and you can do this, too. You can do this as a new agent. Is we, call it, we Our sign said, Open House Harris Tour of Homes. And every weekend in the areas that we had listings, we would have so many of those, for, uh, those open house signs out. We had a sign guy that would put them out the night before. And so you'd drive anywhere near our community. You'd start running into Harris signs constantly. Next tip, before you put a sign in somebody's yard... Even if it's on the city side of the yard, right? Like if you have sidewalks, the area between the sidewalk and the street is technically, you know, the city's property. It's not theirs. Just depending on where you live, that's true. Right. Before you put a sign in somebody's yard, I want you to knock on the door and ask their permission. Now, we did that. We had, you know, we always did that. It's a courteous, respectful thing, but it is so killer because the seller will say, you know what? You're the only one that's ever asked for my permission. Every other agent's always just done it without asking me first. I really appreciate it. How cool is that? So, Mm -hmm. you guys get it? This is the energy, this is the enthusiasm, this is the motivation that you need to have. Now, Julie's going to, when you get, Julie, I want you to talk about, like, what to do once they walk into the house. What you, and I right. want to keep the energy level high. I want to get them the, give them the information they need because I don't want them to wait till Monday to get the rest of this. They get it now. They hold yep, the open it. house they now. Can use it this I don't hear about the But but, but let me Not a couple late. little quick tips. Not too Good. late. So you guys know how to choose the house. You know how to sign the crap out of the house. You guys know how to, uh, you know, uh, why are open houses and why are these types of buyers the best? Here's the bottom line. I'll cut through all the analytical crap. And here's the bottom line. When somebody is looking for a house, every single research study that's ever been done shows that they always, and nowadays anyway, they start on the Internet. It used to be the newspaper, but now they start on the Internet. And then they start choosing the city. Then they start choosing the community. Then they start choosing the neighborhood. Then they start driving the neighborhoods. And that's when they typically will choose an agent. So for those of you guys who are wondering why your Internet leads suck, it's because you're getting the people way earlier in their buying cycle, six months, a year before they're actually serious. They choose the agent after they start driving in the neighborhood, off signs, off open houses. You guys get it? You guys understanding this? Your best buyers are always driving through the neighborhood. Now, if you're in a move-up price range, if you're holding a move-up house uh, open, 50% probably of everyone walking through your house, is gonna, that open house is going to have a house to sell. You guys understanding how this is a no-brainer, easy way for you to make money, easy way for you to get out there and start you know getting to know people? Now I'm going to toss it back to Julie. But before I do, I want you to understand this next important rule. You cannot be sitting on your damn computer during the open house shouting from five rooms over, hi. No, that's not an open house. That's you being lazy. Are watching football
1: in their basement.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, that doesn't count.
1: We have been to open houses like that, by the way. Of course we have. So, Julie, tell
0: them exactly what to do when the people walk in the (laughs) front door.
1: (laughs) Okay, so – I would recommend that you have shoe covers, especially if it's your listing, bag of shoe co- or a basket of shoe covers with a sign that says, please remove your shoes or use the shoe covers to take care of the floors, which may someday be yours, i.e. this is a really nice house. We're pre-programming them to respect that. Okay. Now, um, when they walk in, your mission is to get their information. Some of you guys are really weird about getting them to sign in. Okay. And I realize occasionally they write Mickey Mouse or Snoopy or whatever. So what most of our members have started doing, Tim, is a raffle system. They get a big fishbowl. They have raffle tickets, which you can get at any, you know, uh, Michael's, Joann's, craft stores, party stores, very inexpensive. You can even buy them on Amazon. So they have to fill out their name, their email address, um, and you've got this sign that also says the seller requests that all guests sign in now it's not your fault as the agent the seller is asking and as a homeowner most of them walking in they can respect that the seller wants to know who's coming in and out of their house right okay so if you're going to use a login book you want to fill it out the way they're supposed to fill it out so you have a couple of entries where everything is filled out it doesn't look goofy or flaky I used to sign my sister in with her address and her phone number so you know everything was real um go ahead
0: Use the same sign. Use the same sign-in book Sunday after Sunday. That way, basically, you have this yeah. long. And guys, go get a go book get a the sign-in book. With. Don't be lazy, Don't be don't lazy and me. just use a tablet of paper. Use a sign-in book that looks nice. Don't spend a lot of money on it. Go online, print something off. And that just have it, you know, bind it somehow and have a stack of pages there. And here's the amazing thing. You guys have walked up to a Starbucks or any place else where there's a tip jar. If that tip jar is empty, you never put anything in that tip jar, do you? Isn't that weird? Well, a whole bunch of psychological research is being done about essentially the power of groups, the power of the pressure. It's like when, you know, when Julie and I are sitting in church on Sunday and that basket comes our way, if there's nothing in it, your first reaction is to put nothing in it. But if it's full of money, you put money in it. The same thing that happens with a tip jar. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. I don't care if I never understand it. I just want to use this information. So here's what you guys do. On these sign-in books, when you have the sign-in books where other people have signed in with their names, with their phone numbers, with their email addresses, you will find probably 80 to 90% of the people that come in after that will do the same thing. And Julie Mm -hmm. said the critical way of getting this done, this big sign, seller requests that everybody signs in. Seller requests, everybody signs in, and boom, right there in the center is the sign-in book, which looks nice. It looks official. They will sign in. Now, you guys cannot hide when you're in these open houses. You're a salesperson. You're supposed to be selling the way you sell is by asking questions. So you then have them – Julie sent me in. Okay, yeah. Then you guys have them uh, – you ask them questions about how long have they been looking how long have they, you know, use our buyer scripts, right? Just get to know them. This open house, what it is, it, you don't, you're not actually trying to sell them anything. If they're interested in the house, obviously sell them that. If they're a neighbor just looking to price it, just get to know them. But an open house is your opportunity just to make contact and you get their information. And then what happens after the open house, and this is where agents screw it up all the time. Do not put them in a dumbass drip campaign. I want you to pick up the phone and call them. Pick up the phone and call them the same day. The real rock stars at open houses literally will call them the second they leave the house. Hey, listen, Tim and Julie, it was great meeting you. You mentioned that you're thinking about putting your house for sale. Look, I got some time later today after this open house. I'm going to swing by and let's and I'll help you get some ideas going on what the place might be worth, and blah, 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 blah. Have in your your briefcase a pre-listing package. Always be moving the conversation forward. Do not wait the next day. Oh, Tim, no, I do not believe in giving pressure to folks. I like to give them some time to think about it, and I'm not that kind of pressure guy. You are a salesperson. It is your job to basically chase leads. If someone has taken the time and walked into your open house, signed your sign-in book, if you do not call them, you are telling them that you are lazy. You're telling them that you're not interested in helping them. You're telling them, actually, that you thought that they weren't important enough, that you would have respected the fact that they took the time to walk into your open house and fill out the form and have a brief conversation with you. You guys get it? So think about being of service to other people and help people. Someone walks in, get them to sign in, and then follow up with them, and then you'll have relationships, and then you'll have leads that cost you nothing. Are you guys with me? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling motivated? Look, all these notes are on Premier Coaching. So existing members just log in, and we break it all down for you. Don't use the excuse, Tim. I don't have enough open signs. Oh shit, I don't have enough open signs. I can't do that this Sunday. Borrow them from agents in your office. Beg to hold a house open from an agent in your office. Do whatever it takes. Hey, you can have a hold a house open that's not part of your brokerage. I don't think that's illegal anywhere. So. Do what we ask you to do. If right now you're saying, Tim, I need some action, I need some motivation, I need some juice in my lemon so I can move my business forward. I'm telling you right now, when you're there, you're holding a rock star open house like we just described for you, and you're talking to people, and you're there face to face. You can feel it, can't you? You can feel the energy. From talking with people, and now you start feeling motivated. Now you start feeling excited. Then you pick up the phone. Then you realize you have a listing lead. The person actually was asking questions about the buyer, but it turns out they have a house to sell, or about the house. You know they're asking questions about the house, but now it turns out they actually have a house to sell. You thought they were just a buyer. They're a buyer and a seller. Now you discovered that they also have two other properties to sell. No, they have a friend. Now you have transactions. Now you have volume. It takes you making effort. Stop waiting around for someone to send you an email. Stop waiting around for a center of influence to call you and send you an email. Stop waiting around for somebody to call you and sell you a lead. Get off your duffs and go do the work. Brokers, office managers, you need to reinforce this type of behavior. This is what makes, it makes agents successful. You cannot succeed if you're sitting on your butt. You have to go out there and get in front of buyers and sellers. And when you do it, guys, you will feel so much more powerful and better about yourself. If you're brand new and you've never done this before – well, guess what? You will be experienced after you do an open house this Sunday. Here is your homework. I want you guys to go and do an open house this weekend. Look, if, you got, you know, if you're scheduled out, if you've got something else going on, do an open house anyway. Figure it out. Carve out the time. Do an open house. Follow the recipe that we gave you. If you've not had success in open houses before, it's probably because you haven't followed one of these golden rules. Look, you can put the open house on the portals if you want to. You can let, you know, on realtor.com and Zillow, you can do all that. But the fact is you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to put an ad in the paper about the open house because when you sign the crap out of it and it's a good location house like we talked about, you'll have people finding you. Um, Oh, one last little tip. Bonus tip, don't park in the driveway um, and make sure if you have to, you want to see that. You want to park near the house so that when, they, when they're there, when they're driving by, they'll see that there's an agent there, but don't park in the driveway. Give plenty of people room, give people room to, you know, cars are so massive nowadays so they can kind of get in and out easily. If there's a bunch of cars in the driveway, you'll find that people actually will drive by the open house and won't go. So, guys, bounce all these things out. We want to hear your success stories. Email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and of course, Coaching members, share your success stories on the uh, private Facebook page. Come on, guys. It's spring. It's 2017. I know some of you, it's still cold and the snow's still on the ground, but let's get the action going. Let's get the motivation going. If there's ever anything we can do for you, if there's ever anything we can do to help you guys in any way, please request a free coaching call. Just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. If you want to reach Julie or directly, it's Tim at Tim and Julie or Julie at Tim and Julie Have a fantastic day. Homework, open house, do it. Let us know how it works out. Talk to you on Monday. This program
1: has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at
0: timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time...